Happy New Year and welcome to Season 2 of the Going Up Cast, your weekly feel-good podcast with stories of dungeons full of dragons, movie reviews of magical British nannies, the chapters of an evil wizard's rise to power, new Patreon news, and a quick look at what is coming down the pipeline for the Going Up Cast in 2019. I'm your host, Andrew Logan, and let us dive right into it. Happy 2019, everybody. Brand new fucking calendar year. You all survived the onslaught that 2018 was. That is now behind us. We can now look forward to a brand new year, a brand new you, and a brand new me, and a brand new season of the Going Up cast. Got a lot of incredible things coming down the pipeline for 2019. I'm going to do some uh, some fun new things for the channel. Channel. Ha. <laughs> fun new things for the website. For the whole Going Up cast family. There's a lot of awesome things I'll be working on. I'm going to keep it pretty DL, pretty down low, pretty close to the chest for right now while I'm working on things. But you can expect some uh, new audiobooks, some uh, new video content only on goingcast.com. Some new Patreon exclusive things. Very exciting stuff. I'm very excited for 2019 and all the joy it will bring us. This week, however, we start off 2019 with... You know, some some stuff from uh, from 2018. I talk about the new Mary Poppins movie. We talk about Smash Brothers. My most recent foray into Dungeons and Dragons. A lot of great stuff in this week's episode of the Going Up cast. Let us not dilly nor dally any longer. And we'll dive right into it with the next thing in the podcast. Let's go! So for this week's songs of the week, I've got two songs that I've been listening to a lot lately. The first song, which is the song of the cover, is, I mean, depends on your point of view, could be considered a happy song. It's weird because I think the song is incredibly sad, but I love this song and I love hearing it. So I was conflicted. I'm like, is this a happy feel-good song? Meh, not really. But I couldn't help myself. So, we're going to talk about Landslide by Fleetwood Mac. This song is obscenely beautiful. I absolutely adore this song. It's one of those songs that I put it on and I'm just sitting there and I'm like, man, Fleetwood Mac made some fucking incredible ass music. It's the same thought I have whenever I listen to like Led Zeppelin. I'm like, this these songs are unbelievably good. I don't understand how a band could come up with this. This is one of those songs for me. Fleetwood Mac is just a is just an incredible band. And this song first came out in 1975 on the self-titled album Fleetwood Mac. I think you'll know it when you hear it, and if you don't, recognize it by the title of the song. So let's just listen to my cover of Landslide by Fleetwood Mac. Well, I've been afraid of changing, cause I build my life around you. But time makes you older Even children get older And I'm getting older too The next band that I want to talk about this week Is a relatively small band I can't find like a Wikipedia article about them So I've gone to their website This band is called Wolf and Raven From Missouri From Joplin, Missouri According to their little bio, Wolf and Raven is a blend of musical styles from two brothers influenced by the 80s culture of movies, video games, cartoons, and music. Synthesized sounds and raw power of electric guitar combined to elevate moods in any scenario. That is the little blurb on their channel. There's an adorable little image of a wolf and a raven. And I stumbled upon their album, uh, Layer of the Dragon, thanks to my uh, Spotify Taste Breakers 
playlist for 2019. This album is really reminiscent of like 80s final boss video game music. It's got a lot of synth sounds, which I absolutely adore. The electric guitar stuff is very good. It definitely sets the mood, and it just sounds like a video game soundtrack, like a really, really solid video game soundtrack. It's pretty fantastic. The one song I want to call out above the others on Layer of the Dragon is Affections Across Time. That was the song that introduced me to this album, and I gotta say, this stuff is really pretty awesome. I don't know if it has a genre, but for me, it's just like 80s retro synth metal is what I would call it. It's, it's awesome. I'm sure there's a laser in there somewhere. You guys should just check this out. It's really good stuff. You can find this song, Landslide, and all the other songs that we've talked about at Song of the Week here at Going Upcast and the Going Upcast playlist on Spotify. If you just look up Going Upcast on Spotify, you'll find the playlist. It's like Song of the Week. There is also a page dedicated to the Songs of the Week at GoingUpcast.com. And if you have a suggestion for Song of the Week, well, you can send in your suggestions to GoingUpcast at gmail.com or you can use the contact page at goingcast.com. And please send in your covers. I absolutely adore hearing all of your lovely singing voices. And we could just talk about how awesome music is and how fluffy and wonderful it makes us all feel. Let's move on to the next thing in the podcast. Another week. Another batch of Harry Potter chapters. We are two weeks away from finishing this whole kink caboodle. Because just like Harry Potter and the Prisoner of Azkaban... There is an uneven number of chapters, or was it Chamber of Secrets? It's one of the books. There's an uneven number of chapters. And so what I'm going to do this time around is I think we should just do four chapters this week and three next week. And the reason being is because one of these chapters is ludicrously short. So I'm just going to drop four this week. We'll do three next week. Also, it, it makes sense because the next four chapters are all about What's-His-Face coming back from the dead. Chapter 31, The Third Task. Chapter 32, Flesh, Blood, and Bone. Which I believe is like 11 minutes long or something like that. Chapter 33, The Death Eaters. And Chapter 34, Priory Incantatum. So that is the span of chapters we are going to cover in this week's release of Harry Potter chapters. And the moment I want to talk about this week comes to us from Chapter 31, where I am very confused as to what Harry does with his free time not having to take exams. Let's take a listen. Exempt from the end of term tests as the Triwizard Champion, Harry had been sitting in the back of every exam class so far looking up fresh hexes for the third task. Why wouldn't you be fucking literally anywhere else? Why on earth, if you're exempt from test taking, would you sit in the back of the class while everybody else took a test? That seems stupid. You should take a nap, you could you could take a bath, you could go walk around the grounds, you could hang out with Hagrid, you could jerk off, you could learn how to bake, you hang out with the house elves, you could jerk off, you could write a letter to Sirius, you could go visit Sirius, you could go to Hogmeade, you could go jerk off, you could go fly your broomstick, you could do a bunch of things. A bunch of things, Harry. Just a myriad of different tasks. Just pick one of those, or three of them, I don't know. It's up to you. Uh, but sitting in the back of the exam class, not taking the tests, is by far the dumbest thing you could do with that free time. The final three Harry Potter chapters of book four will drop next Wednesday. And these four chapters drop this Wednesday. Um, around eight-ish o'clock at night. Around that, around that neighborhood. I don't like to give a hard and fast time because it's really kind of ambiguous when it actually falls. Um, but it's sometime Wednesday night. Or, if you looked at last week's, uh, Thursday night. Because I forgot. But it'll be sometime Wednesday night. Hopefully. And then you all can listen to the end of book four next Wednesday, which means 
the week after next week, two weeks from now, some might say, we begin book five, which means I have a video to film and I haven't thought about that at all. So maybe I'll get to that today. Anyway, enjoy the chapters. Some heavy shit's going down, but boy, we're about to get right into the best fucking book of the series because Harry's a dick and nobody likes him. Let's move on to the next thing in the podcast. So you may remember from last week's podcast, I mentioned something along the lines of if I played a game or saw a movie or listened to an album that was better than any of the albums I talked about, I would rescind the awards I had given out in last week's episode and reassign them this week. Because technically, for me at least, the year is still not over. I'm not doing that, but I want to talk about how awesome Smash Brothers is. Smash Brothers is really fucking good. I'm really enjoying Smash Brothers. And I think, well, I, you know. It's not like I'm confused as to why I'm liking it. The reason I enjoy Smash Brothers so much is because it is the first game since I was like a kid where I've had the joy of unlocking characters again. Like, too often nowadays we got the DLC download packs where it's just like, you don't have to work to unlock these characters, here's $25. You know, now you just get to play them. And I'm like, that's fun and nice and stuff like that, but... Smash Brothers rewards you for playing the game by giving you a whole bunch of new characters. 75 fucking new characters. I've played, like, I don't know, maybe 8 hours of Smash Brothers, and I've only unlocked 27 characters. I looked at the list. I've unlocked 27 characters. Um, and there are, I think there's like 63 unlockable characters in the game. There's like 75 total. You begin with the original cast of Smash Brothers, like Mario, Link, Pikachu, Donkey Kong, Bowser, um... Uh, Kirby, uh, Yoshi, 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 no, Yoshi, fuck, I can't remember, but you start with the core group, and then you unlock as you go, like, I've unlocked, uh, Roy was the most recent character I unlocked, um, but I've got Ganondorf, I've got Little Mac, I've got Lucario, who was my old school main in Brawl, and, um, Captain Falcon is also really good, and I've just been playing a bunch of game modes and doing all the stuff. And there's a lot of things in Smash that I really enjoy seeing. Unlocking all the characters is great. I really wish we could have unlocked the maps as well. You get like 103 fucking maps right at the start of the game. And it's fun in that like I've put the maps on shuffle because I'm like, I don't give a fuck where I play. I just I want to see everything. But I feel like if I unlocked the maps as I played, then I would have gotten to know the maps just like I get to know the characters, you know? By slowly eking it out, you get, like, familiar with the stuff you're working with. And the same could be said for the music involved in the game as well. There's something like 900 fucking tracks of music in this game. And I am familiar with most of the, like, the games that these characters, stages, and music come from. But there's a couple that I'm definitely like, I know Shulk is from something called Xenoblade, but I've never played Xenoblade. And I don't know the songs from Xenoblade. And then there's the, the others, like, I'd never played a Metroid game, so... Anyway, I think if you're going to do one aspect of the game unlocked via playing, you should have done it for all of it. Like, if you want people to play your game forever, then yeah, you want to give them like unlockable shit. And I can totally see the flip side of this as well. I heard somebody um, at uh, work was like irritated that they paid $60 for the game and not all the content was available right from the second you started the game. And... I can appreciate that logic for sure, but for me, this is exactly what I wanted. I wanted an unlock-a-thon. Like, when I was a kid, this is what video games were for me. 
It's like the joy of getting the new things because of how you played and how long you played. You were rewarded with new content in the game because of you playing the game. The similar vein of the joy of opening like a pack of Pokemon cards. You never know what you're going to get. Or the thing I get with Loot Crate. Like you, you pay the thing and then it's like fun bonus things after that. You're like, oh, I didn't expect to get this. That's awesome. So yeah, for me, the best part of the game is unlocking the characters. You know, playing the matches, playing the little modes in the single player, doing all the things, doing online matches, doing whatever little modes you can do to just generate more characters. And it's awesome. And I do appreciate the fact that if you lose the fight, you don't have to like play five matches and then he comes back. There's like a little door that pops up in one of the modes and it's like you go to that door and you get another chance to fight the dude and you don't have to use whichever character you were playing when you originally fought him. You can pick whoever you want. So that's nice. There's a couple of things that I'm just kind of like, um, for example, like I'm sure it's in the settings and just haven't found it yet, but I just want to like launch into match after match after match. Like I always do random stage. I always do random character when I'm just grinding these things out. I wish it didn't keep kicking me out of the, of the map and the mode and just like, who do you want to play as? I'm like random, always random. I don't care at this point. I'm just unlocking characters. I'll play whoever the fuck I need to. So I'm sure there's a mode or a switch that I need to flip and I just haven't found it yet, but that's just one of those things. And the game itself is, is a ton of fun. I have played online a little bit. Gotta say those are pretty stressful and the lag has been an issue on a couple of matches, but not on most of them. And I have come in first a couple of times. So clearly I am just the world's best smash player and you can all take that to the fucking bank, but the game is incredible. I think I do like it more than Spider-Man, but it still doesn't beat Persona 5, which I know is cheating. So if I was to reassign it, yeah, probably would give it to Smash. It came out for me, at least it came out of Christmas. So I had like a couple of days right before the end of the year to really enjoy it, but I would probably say I'm enjoying Smash more than I enjoyed Spider-Man. I love Spider-Man, don't get me wrong, it was awesome. But the nostalgia goggles for Smash Brothers, while incredibly powerful, I think are fairly accurate. I really do enjoy unlocking characters. And I wish I could have unlocked music tracks and uh, stages and stuff. Because you used to do that in Smash. You would unlock stages and music tracks. And they just kind of were like, fuck it. Here's all the songs. Enjoy. So... You know, you take the good, you take the bad, you take your both, and then you got your Smash Brothers, and it's fucking awesome, and you have to play it. It's a system seller. Just like Persona 5 is a system seller for the PlayStation 4, Smash Brothers will move Switch consoles. Consoles? Consoles. You should get it. Get your hands on Smash. It's never going to go down in price, I can promise you that. Nintendo pro products do not depreciate. They will always be as expensive as they are now. you probably go to Target and find a copy of Pokemon Leaf Green for 40 bucks. That shit ain't cheaper. It'll never be cheaper. Just buy it because it's never going to go down. Anyway, let's move on to the next thing in the podcast. So, a couple of days ago, I went out to the movie theater and saw a brand new movie, What With My Own Peepers. That movie was Mary Poppins Returns, the sequel to the original Disney classic Mary Poppins. This movie comes out 54 years later. It is one of the longest gaps between an original movie and its sequel. I believe the actual longest gap between an original movie and its sequel technically belongs to Bambi. Even though Bambi 2 was a direct-to-DVD sequel that came out in like 2005. And I think the difference between the first and the second movie was something like 66 fucking years. Um, and Bambi 2 sucks. But I digress. Mary Poppins Returns is decent. It's pretty good. Uh, it's basically the same plot as the first movie. 
the songs are not as good as the songs from the first movie, but I think that's because we as a collective society have not had 50 years to remember these songs and sing these songs. And I don't think these songs are ever going to be as revered as the original songs. I mean, uh, Triple Little Light Fantastic is never going to be the, you know, uh, supercalifragilisticexpialidocious of original Mary Poppins. But they did their best, and it's a pretty good song. There's a lot of pretty good songs in this movie. Uh, Emily Blunt can absolutely sing. She has a wonderful singing voice. I absolutely adore Lin-Manuel Miranda, um, but I wouldn't classify him as a world-class singer. I think he's incredibly talented as a wordsmith and as a performer, but singing is not his his best foot, I would say. He is, he is many other things before he is a singer. He is a songwriter and a, and a singer when, when need be. He does the really, really solid Dick Van Dyke bad British accent. Um, I'm not 100% certain if there are not people who actually talk like that, but it is pretty widely regarded that British people don't sound like that. Um, that At least in my circles, that's not what British people sound like. But, you know, it's classic to the original movie. So that, yeah, I understand 100% why they used that particular British accent. And the whole, like, Bob Janko, Crocky, McGibberdoo. You know, I can do a British accent, but I'm tired. What do you want? Uh, yeah, the movie is pretty solid. Special effects are kind of here and there, which... Some people have pointed out to me that they're trying to make it more like the original Mary Poppins where the special effects were like either done practically or were not done very well. Um, and there's something to be said for that, sure. Like there's this whole big thing in the beginning with the uh, with the underwater bit and it looks like shit, but maybe it's because it's supposed to be Mary Poppins and it's supposed to be an older Disney movie and you know, back then special effects looked like shit. So perhaps, perhaps I enjoyed the animated sequence Dick Van Dyke's return, naturally, is the highlight of the film for me. I absolutely adore Dick Van Dyke. He sings and dances, and he looks incredible. And I'm so happy he's still around kicking it. You know, he's he was one of the best, and he still is. Dick Van Dyke is a goddamn living legend. And Angela Lansbury's in this movie, too. And she also sings and looks and sounds incredible. She sounds like she always did. Angela Lansbury. I mean, pretty, pretty freaking awesome. Um, there's a couple other people in there. Uh, Mrs. Weasley's in this movie, uh, and she's pretty fun. Colin Firth is in this movie, and he's pretty good. And you got uh, Meryl Streep is in this movie, and she does a pretty reasonable job. Pretty reasonable job. But yeah, I mean, don't go into this movie expecting, like, a surprise. You know, it's Mary Poppins. You'll, you'll, you can close your eyes and basically imagine what the movie is, and then you're basically on the money. It's, it's pretty, it's pretty good. I will say that the movie's a little self-indulgent in a couple of times. Like, Triple O Like Fantastic, I think, goes on for, like, 15-ish minutes. And it gets a little kind of crazy with the choreographed dances and stuff like that. Um, clearly, I had a lot of fun with it, but it's also kind of like, really? This has been going on for some time. Um, so, there is that. And then, of course, this movie has one of the biggest sins ever, which is screechy children singing. It's one of my least favorite things ever is the sound of children singing. Like, yeah, some of them are really talented. Like, you got, like, Michael, when he was a kid, Michael Jackson, he was a fucking incredible singer. That's not what all fucking kids sound like. And most of them sound like, On the first day of Chris, my true love came to me! And I'm just like, oh my god, stop it! And then they try to harmonize with each other, and it's just this discordant nightmare of, inconsistent voices and prepubescent whining and I'm just like oh my god I hate children singing 
Like school choirs, it's so screechy and unbearable. Fuck all of that. So it's got a little bit of that towards the end. And I'm like, I did not want to hear children sing the songs that Mary Poppins sang like fucking 30 minutes ago better than these kids are doing. And I was like, oh no, it's so sweet and, and innocent because they're ch- the children and they're trying to make their daddy happy. And I'm like, they fucking can't sing. Stop it. So, so yeah, it does that. And that uh, I'm like gritting my teeth, just like, oh, this sucks. So children singing usually is a bad, is a bad scene. I don't like it. I don't appreciate it. I hate hearing it. Stop it. But outside of that, the Mary Poppins Returns is pretty solid. It's pretty solid. That Richard Sherman come back to do the music consulting for the movie. He was one of the old school dudes. He actually, he and his brother wrote so many classic Disney songs, including all the songs for fucking Mary Poppins. So if you're going to have anybody be the music consultant for this movie, yeah. It should be the original old school G, Richard Sherman. So, really, really enjoyed it. Very much looking forward to the next movie I'm going to see in theaters, which is probably Captain Marvel. Even though I heard Transformers, uh, Bumblebee was excellent, uh, which is very surprising to me. But then again, I did look up who the director was, and he directed Kubo and the Two Strings, which is a phenomenal film. So, I'm not surprised. I'm also reasonably sure that Bumblebee is just Iron Giant again, which is an incredible movie. Um, probably doing the Avatar thing, you know, Avatar, oh, it's just Fern Gully and Pocahontas. Um, but then again, I really enjoy Avatar, so. I don't care if it's the same story, as long as it's told well, it's a good fucking story. I still like ACDC, all their songs are the same. So, you know, sometimes people like the comfort of familiarity. We don't, it doesn't always have to be like, you know, envelope pushing different stuff. And Mary Poppins is nothing, if not familiar. It's the same story. It's the same story. You'll have a good time. Might make you cry. I only cried when Dick Van Dyke showed up because I love Dick Van Dyke. So, there you go. Might be worth might be worth a visit, but you don't have to really see it in theaters. I don't think there's much to be gained from seeing that on the big screen. Netflix will probably do you real good. So you can just go watch it on there. And let's move on to the next thing in the podcast. So, I wanted to talk a little bit about how my holiday went because it went pretty dang well. Um, I wasn't going to just rattle down a list of things that I got for Christmas, but I do want to call out a couple of special things that I did pick up. Number one, I'm staring right at it, so that's why it's number one, not that it's like my favorite thing. I done got me picked up a new keyboard, new computer keyboard. This is the Razer Chroma, or, hold on, let me look at the bottom of this. What is this actually called? This is the Razer Ornata Chroma Keyboard. Um, I picked this up because it was the keyboard that um, Blizzard has for their Overwatch keyboard. And when I was looking at the holidays, I saw that keyboard was on sale. And I'm like, last year I got me Overwatch headphones. So I was like, oh, what's the keyboard? Oh, look at that. It's half off. It's like $120. That's not that's not that bad for a keyboard. But I was out of curiosity. I'm like, I wonder how much this keyboard costs without the Overwatch branding. It was like 60 bucks on Amazon for the same keyboard just without the Overwatch branding. So I was like, fuck, I'll just save myself like... $70 and get this on Amazon. And that's exactly what I did. And so it's a, it's the keyboard, which is the crazy LEDs going on. And right now I've got it on, um, I believe it's called Spectrum. What's it called? Hold on, I got the little book here. It's Spectrum, Spectrum, Spectrum Cycling is what it's called. The lighting of the keyboard will cycle between 16.8 million colors indefinitely. So yeah, it's just cycling through the, all the colors of the rainbow. Um, did you know I can, I can paint with the colors in the, anyway, uh, <laughs> yeah, it's really good. It's got this like leather, I believe it's called like a retherette wrist, uh, rest 
I believe what that is called. Fucking say that ten times fast. Um, that's supporting my hands as I do the typing type. And um, just to demonstrate, I'm going to open up a Word document here and uh, do some do some typing action. So you can all hear what it sounds like. Here we go. Yeah, sounds good, doesn't it? Also, I've just spelled. Don't save. There we go. So yeah, I got that, which is pretty fantastic. I'm very, I'm very pleased with this keyboard purchase. I also got this awesome nine-piece bartender set from my brother. That comes with like a little bamboo stand that looks really good on like a, a kitchen shelf. That I'm very excited about. I got some wonderful new sweaters. I got some new socks. I got uh, the second Critical Role art book. Technically, that was a gift from me to me, but I have it now. It's um, sitting next to the other art book. The first art book, I got the special souped-up edition. Uh, that was like a hundred and something fucking million dollars. And I was like, I don't really want to spend that kind of money again on the second art book. So I just got the, the default, um, I think, which is like 60 bucks. Hold on, let me look at it. Yeah, it was like 60 bucks. And it, it looks awesome like i love the art and i thought it would look weird next to the big fancy one um but it, it doesn't it doesn't look it doesn't look all that strange they're pretty similar in size sorry i'm like yelling back from the mic looks really good the hell else did i get uh whole bunch of stuff whole bunch of stuff really it was a wonderful holiday i enjoyed spending my time with my family and friends and it just you know brought a big smile on my face naturally i also got smash brothers very, very excited about that. And a couple of other things that I don't want to mention because they're going to be making appearances in uh, hopefully um, some fun little mini shows that I'm going to be going to be producing for GrowingUpCast.com. I have this wonderful like idea of a show that I want to do. And, you know, it'd be like a little a little short video that will be up on GrowingUpCast.com. So, you know, keep your eyes on the horizon. I think there's going to be some really fun stuff coming down the pipeline in 2019, thanks to all these wonderful presents. And I hope you all had a wonderful Christmas. Um, what what was your favorite thing? What was your favorite thing that you got for the holidays? Send them in at GrowingCast.com on the contact page or at GrowingCast at gmail.com and we can talk about what we all got for the holidays. But in the meantime, let's move on to the next thing in the podcast. Quick preface before this next large segment of the podcast, it was recorded on my phone very late at night as I was walking home. Sound quality is a little strange, and I will sound very quiet and whispery for a while before my voice picks up as the conversation continues on. So it's going to sound a little strange going out the gate, just wanting to give you a quick little preface while I talk about my most recent adventures in D&D. So for this creepy quiet segment of the podcast... I'm coming to you live from my walk home. Just finished another wonderful round of D&D. I'll tell you what was going on. So, just a quick refresher of where we stood last time. Two of my party members have been taken by various entities in a forest. Uh, One of them was kidnapped by a bunch of trees, and the other one was beguiled beneath the cool still waters of an interforest lake. We had, at the end of last session, made our way to this particular forest lake and were likewise entranced and taken underwater, only to discover that the entity within the water was actually pretty, was pretty chill, was pretty cool. Um, not really sure what was going on there, especially now at the end of last session. 
but at the start of this one, we were talking to this particular entity who let it slip that we were in the Fae realm. Now, my D&D meta brain fucking exploded with those words because I was like, oh shit, the Fae realm, that's probably the Fae wild, which means we crossed over into another plane of existence, another dimension, basically. And the thing about the Feywild is that time passes differently in the Feywild. You could be in the Feywild for, from your perspective, a couple of hours, when in reality, years could have passed back in the old world. And when your half-party member's missing, that's fucking problematic. So the second I figured this shit out, I had my character roll an intelligence check so I could be like, does my character know what's what's up with the fucking Feywild? And I rolled high enough, and I was like, we gotta fucking go. We gotta go now. Wow, that's a beautiful house. So I'm just passing a brick house with lovely old school windows and a... That is... That is gorgeous. I love that. Hold on, I'm gonna take a picture of this. It's gonna be kind of hard to tell because of uh, the bad cell phone photography, but it was like a cute little brick house, and it had some Christmas lights and a wreath on the door, and there was a little like lit gate with lamps and stuff and it was gorgeous and right now I'm just walking by the the water sound you just heard was uh technically a gutter but it just rained like a ton and so all the uh overflow gutters in this area are pretty full of water so there's like the gentle trickling of water in the background anyway um wow holy shit sorry it was incredibly um windy today we had wind warnings there's a good 20 foot section of fence that just completely knocked over in this dude's house that's a huge bummer hope they're okay but yeah there's just a huge bit of fence just knocked down that's a bummer that's gonna take some money to fix anyway so when i figured that out we got out of the fate we got out of there like right fucking quick spent the next 30 minutes trying to determine what fucking day it was uh, it was the same day, so it seems like the Feywild adventure went in the opposite direction, where instead of taking, hold on, years or days of your life, it took us seconds in reality, um, which is very kind of the DM. We basically got like a long rest that in reality took like no time at all. So that was nice. Um, oh boy, this is going to be really muddy, isn't it? Hold on. Anyway, so we get out of the Feywild, and we start making our way uh, through the woods with a new companion, um, Coldvane, who was beguiled beneath the waters at the end of the last campaign. And we eventually make our way to the cottage in the middle of the woods, where we presume our missing friend Kipsha to be lying uh, in peril. The reality of her situation, which we did not become aware of until the very end of this session, was that she was actually kidnapped by another old woman um, deeper in the woods, in a grove tied to a rock, doing some kind of horrible ritual shit. And hold on, here comes another car. And so she wasn't actually in the cottage at all, and we were in reality wasting our time. Anyway, we go to the cottage, and I, being a bear, am like, I don't think it's a good idea for people to be made immediately aware that I'm like a fancy magic bear. Hold on, there's another car. 
So, my play was, do not talk. And to pretend to just be a normal fucking bear. And that was the plan. That was the play, so I stuck to it. We get inside the house, and we start, like, rooting around, you know? Looking for secret doors, trying to find out where Kipsha went. And so I'm, like, doing the bear thing. I'm like, I'm just gonna start, like, scratching up against things. You know, looking for secret doors and stuff. Got a natural one. And so I started scratching up against something, and it felt really good to scratch against it. And then suddenly it stopped. And I was like, that is, that's weird. So I turned around, and it turned out I was scratching up against the, um, hold on. The cat. The old lady's cat. And I killed the cat because I'm a giant fat bear. And I crushed it. And so I was like, oh, fuck. I don't want, hold on. I don't want the old lady to find out that I had killed the cat. So I was like, can I roll to quickly eat the cat before the old lady finds out? And I got a natural 20. So I swallowed that bub boy and down in like one bite. And it was just done. Cat was gone. And so we're still poking around. And then later on, uh, somebody else found blood on the floor. I was like, can I investigate this blood? Got like a six. And they're like, this is definitely Kipsha's blood. The DM was like, this is Kipsha's blood. And they had me look at it because I'm a bear, so I sniffed the blood. And it was definitely Kipsha's blood. So then we were like, alright, she's fucking here. We gotta go. I, I rolled like real shit. I rolled like a one to figure out whose blood that was. So, the cold vein. When the old woman gets brought outside, cold vein just pops a shot off and hits this old woman in the shoulder. It was like six points of damage, and she took it like a champ. And so I was like, all right, let's roll initiative. And I was like, let's fucking go. Now, the old woman had a boyfriend who lived in the cottage with her. Um, she's like really old. He was like 20-something. So, you know, intergenerational thing going on there. And so when the shot got fired, and the old woman goes, oh, dear. Um, I rolled an intelligence check to see if I knew, like, all right, is shit popping off? Are we doing this? And the answer was yes. So I straight up maul the boyfriend. Like I bite him in the face and I slash him across the chest. And it turns out the bite brought him down to zero like instantly. Turns out, just a regular dude. So he died, like straight up. Um, and I took another swipe at his unconscious body. He failed two death saving throws. Later on we would find out he succeeded on one. And then I just kinda give him a cut across the knee, hit him once more just to just to really make sure this fucker's dead. He can't get back up. Because I'm like, I don't want him to risk this old woman like raising the dead and having him fight us or whatever dumb shit she could have done. So I was like, this dude's gotta die. So old so kill boyfriend, straight up. Old woman comes in, starts screaming that her boyfriend was dead. She slaps me across the face for something like 20 points of damage. I was raging at this point, so I was halved down to 10, but like I only had 15 hit points at level one. So I'm like, fuck, this bitch is strong. And so the fight broke out, but my, like some of our party members were like, still trying to do the diplomatic thing. We're trying to break up the fight. But I mean, her boyfriend was dead. There was no, there was no coming back from that. So it was like, we were already in it, but the turns they spent trying to undo what I had done inevitably caused me to fall unconscious. But then I was brought back by the cleric. And I fell unconscious again. And I was brought back by the druid with Goodberry. 
And then the third time I was brought down, under zero, because I was only brought up by one hit point. She hit me for 17 hit points, which means it was more than my total hit points was negative, which means I died instantly, which is the first time I've ever lost a player character. I've never had that happen before. Um, so I still, I still feel like the sting of loss. Like, oh no, Bjorn is dead. And I was like, fuck, what do I do now? My character's dead. And so my next character, which I rolled up uh, basically right away, is Bjorn before he is turned into a bear. Because I was like, oh, that's fucking easy. I'll just play the other half of Bjorn. So his name is Drag, which I think is um, Gaelic or Norwegian. I forget what language I used in Google Translate, but it means dragon. In one of those two languages, it means dragon. So, because I'm a dragonborn and I'm really imaginative when it comes up with names. So, Drog is another barbarian. Like, he's, he's the same, like, stats are the same. He's just before he's turned into a bear. So, in reality, he should be a lot more fucking useful than the bear. The bear could do something like 32 points of damage in one action if I maxed out all my dice, which is really strong, but he couldn't do much else, you know? He couldn't fit through doors, he didn't have any items, he wasn't very persuasive because 75% of the time he couldn't fucking talk to anybody, so I was like, all right, well now I'm Drog, or Drog, I guess, would be more accurate pronunciation. And so, very much looking forward to that, but let's get back to the fight. So I go down, and I'm done. And my compatriots are like, well, fuck. Like, the bear's done, so we gotta kill this old woman. It didn't really occur to me until afterwards that by continuing to pop up and having the... She was a hag, for the record. Having the hag's anger focused on me because I killed her boyfriend allowed me to tank the hits that would have one-shot everybody else in the party. So, I... Like... Thanks to my repeated resurrection and death, they were actually able to get the job done and take out the hag. Granted, they did also lose another party member. Uh, he went out because of bad rolls on death saving throws. Um, I think his final one, he rolled a natural one, and then that was just it. He was done. So Coldvein is also dead. So Bjorn and Coldvein died, and the other three made it out. Sin the monk. Um, Milo, the, uh, druid, and Barner, the cleric. So they have a monk, a druid, and a cleric. I'm going to come back as a barbarian. Uh, Kipsha's a ranger. I don't know what Colvane's going to roll up as. Um, but they killed the hag, found a diary in her house, talking about her sister, the actual bad witch of the forest who we should have gone after in the first place turns out the woman we killed despite being incredibly powerful was actually a good hag i guess if such a thing exists and was not the one we were going after i probably had i thought about this a bit more should have seen this coming because if there's one thing i love to do as a dm it's to set up scenarios where the player thinks it's one thing, but it's actually another thing. Like, I'm all about that. I'm all about allies backstabbing you. 
I'm all about people not seeing what they look like, you know, good NPCs, actually bad NPCs, and bad NPCs, actually good NPCs, etc., etc. Uh, there's a there's a slime called a treacle, kind of similar to a mimic, uh, that disguises itself like injured fluffy creatures or bags of gold. And what it happens is you pick it up and then you put it in like your pocket or in your bag or whatever and you just kind of carry it with you because it's so sad and pathetic or it looks like a bag of gold. And what it does is it slowly drains blood from you over like hours of time so slowly that you don't notice it. And what's great about that creature is that when it drains blood, it actually decreases your maximum HP. So what it has the potential to do if you don't separate yourself from the creature quickly enough is it will drop your HP, total HP to zero, which means you can't be healed, which means you're just straight up dead. There's no coming back from that. You're just done, which is awesome. From a DM point of view, it's such a great creature, but I'm all about that shit. So yeah, had Bjorn been a bit more thoughtful, been a bit more careful, tried talking first, you know, probably would have made it out of that situation alive, especially when all the other players were trying to talk and do the diplomacy thing, only to discover that their charisma sucked. And the person at the table who actually had the most charisma was the fucking bear who decided that talking was bad because he didn't want people to realize he was a talking bear. So, classic like, fuck, there's like a million things I should have done differently and I wouldn't have died. But I imagine that's what it always was like. Um, I'm not sure. I've never... I've never lost a character before. So I have absolutely no idea what it's like <laughs> to lose a character. And like I said, it's still feeling pretty raw. So, I miss, I miss Bjorn. I'm basically the same character from Lestat's point of view. I'm still really killer at everything. But, you know, I'm Bjorn before he's turned into a bear. So, we'll see how this plays out. But, yeah. And so, I was like, alright, I'm dead. So I texted the DM, and I was like, can I be where Kipsha is? Because that makes narrative sense. They go to save Kipsha, they find me as well, I rejoin the party, everything's cool. And the DM's like, absolutely. So Kipsha and I are in a grove, about hour and a half walk from the, uh, which material, from the cottage. And so, what was going on there is she got knocked out by a tree as she was leaving the cottage at the end of the last session. And so she was tied to a rock, and there's another old lady, younger than this one, who apparently is the sister. So, seems like another hag is uh, running the show here, but one actually in control of the trees. And so, she is like doing some kind of weird ritual shit, and I'm tied up in a rock next to Kipsha. And so my bare voice was like, um, oh God, what was it? It was like, well, here's what we're gonna do. We're gonna 
go into the cottage and we're gonna fuck shit up. Just kind of deep growling thing. And I was like, I wanna mix it up for, for a drag, a drag, because I'm like, I did the deep air everything. So now I'm gonna be like, I wanna be a fancy lad. So I was like, mm, do, you, do you come here often? I'm rather unfamiliar with this particular location. I don't know what the next step is to do. And so that was my voice. I was very excited about it. <laughs> it only occurs to me now that I'm the only person doing a character voice. That's fine. That's always how I've done it. And, you know, I'm, I feel like uh, the voice really helps kind of develop the character, you know, and allows you to sink more readily into the roleplay, determine his personality based on the way he sounds, like so on and so forth. The voice steers so much about the character for me. Um, you know, different vocal patterns. Is he hesitant? Does he take a lot of pauses? Does he use a lot of big flowery language? And that sort of stuff. So, you know, we're tied up by roots because of the tree stuff. So I'm like, I'm going to try to break free. And I, I crack the root a little bit, but then it grows back stronger and kind of cuts into my wrist a little bit. And so, you know, we try some things. We try talking to the, um, try talking to the old lady. Uh, she doesn't respond. She's just humming. And then we just kind of shout for help. And our party members, based on the diary with the location of the sister hag, and our yells for help, were able to find us. But that is where we had to end this particular session. So next week, uh, the 5th of January, we'll come back together, play in the next round, and see where it goes. And we might, we might, actually have a full fucking party <laughs> come session four. Actually, unified party for the first time since we started playing, which would be pretty awesome. Um, this has actually been a really interesting way to go about it because through our struggles and adversity, these, the three surviving party members are unifying, you know? Like, they're becoming a team. They're becoming a squad. Which is so fucking difficult to do with, you know, new players in a new party. To get them to actually work together as a team. Um, but it's like, you know, the person whose mission it was to find Kipsha died. The friend of Barner, Bjorn the Bear, died. And so now they're like, well, let's go get Kipsha. And in the process, they'll find the rest of us. Um, my new character and Cold Vane's new character. We'll all be kidnapped in the same area. They'll rescue us. We'll be grateful. Pay back our debt by helping them out for a bit. You know, you can, you can write the story from there. I'm very excited. Also, uh, going into next session, we will be level two. And then once we take a long rest, after unifying, we'll be level three. And I'm very excited. Because I could not do fucking deedly shit at level one as a barbarian. But... At level three, I get Totem of the Bear, which means I get half damage on everything except psychic damage, which is absurd. And I love it. I can't wait. Um, yeah, I decided the route a while ago. Um, although, given that I'm now no longer a bear, I might mix it up a bit. We'll see how it plays out. But that's kind of what's up. And uh, I'm about to head home, so let's move on to the next thing in the podcast.
finally this week, I would like to give a shout out to a brand new Patreon supporter, Jamie. Thank you very much, Jamie, for supporting the Patreon and to all of my incredible Patreon supporters for supporting me throughout the last couple of months. It's been awesome to know that I have your incredible support to keep on making the podcasts, to keep recording the audiobooks, to do the live streams, to do all the fun stuff that we do here at GrowingCast.com. And believe me, in the year 2019, of which we are now officially in, there'll be plenty more to come. We have the release of books 5, 6, and possibly book 7 in the audiobooks. We might wrap up the whole thing this year. Who's to say? Who's to say? We'll launch into brand new stuff. Beyond that, immediately afterwards, I'm working on a brand new video series, thanks to some of the wonderful Christmas gifts that I got a hold of. Keeping it on the DL for right now. But keep posted by following me on Twitter at GoingCast.com or at MarganCore, M-A-R-G-I-N-K-O-R. Both excellent sources for all the stuff that's going on here at GoingCast.com. I'm very excited about that new video series. I'm going to get started on it hopefully here pretty soon. Start working on some storyboarding stuff because I am an old school director. And I like to think my shit through in order to make sure it's actually going to be funny. Because so often I just hit record and then all of a sudden, pfft, sucks. You gotta think about it a little bit, especially when you're doing something pretty high production. So that's how we're gonna roll. But outside of that, we've got the next Patreon live stream on January 13th. Gonna we'll be playing some Magic the Gathering Arena and a little bit more Dark Souls. Very much looking forward to all of that fun stuff. Hope you all have a wonderful kickstart to 2019. It's gonna be your year. It's gonna be your year. It's gonna be some pretty dope shit coming out in 2019. It's gonna be pretty awesome. So hold on tight. We got another 365 days ahead of us. Better, better batten down the hatches. Weather the storm of jolly good times. Because who knows what's going to happen in 2019. But I'd be willing to bet that it's probably going to be more good than bad. Here's hoping that doesn't come back and bite me in the ass. I'll see you all next week. Have a good one, everyone. <laughs>